Welcome to the Companion Chapel Everyday Bible Study Podcast. My name is Mike, coming to you from the Great Lakes area of beautiful Ontario, Canada, on this gorgeous Thursday, May 20th, day 221. It's the book of Matthew, chapter 9 today. Don't you dare miss it. All anxieties and uncertainties stop where biblical literacy starts. The Companion Chapel Podcast makes the Bible easy for you to understand and enjoyable for you to follow along. First, please consider your part in the many-membered body of Christ. This is your church. Help glorify, magnify, and broadcast God's saving word. My part is creating this Bible teaching media. Your part consists of getting involved in the church administration with your time or money contributions, managing, marketing, advertising, helping with the website, or coming on out here to the Companion Chapel community and helping me and Tammy build the Companion Chapel Church. We need labor. We need construction materials. Whatever God-given talent you have, God expects you to use it in the many-membered body of Christ. Companion Chapel is a registered nonprofit ministry. Give it up for God at companionchapel.com, Visa, MasterCard, PayPal, or e-transfer to email address companionchapel at gmail.com. Companion Chapel Community is located at number 338, side road 28-29, Paisley, Ontario, Canada. Now please turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 9. And Tammy, I forgot a special guest today. It's Tammy Lynn. How's it going, Tam? Good morning. Good morning. I know, I know you forgot about me. I didn't forget about you, you Tammy. You are about unforgettable, me. Tammy. And we're even though I'm sitting right beside you, <laughs> <laughs> you just forgot about me. Well, you know that the intro just flows, right? And today we're going to be talking about the wisdom of our Lord Jesus Christ, and that is to be prudent in thoughts and actions. And we had some of Tammy's wisdom earlier, Tammy, when you were talking about the measurements of your head, the top of your head being. <laughs> bigger than the front of your head and Tammy what you're describing there is an alien and I always suspected you as being some kind of alien so I think do you want to expand on your head measurements (laughs) okay no my glasses stretched out aliens don't wear glasses so that's a disguise and I always suspected (laughs) that's so mean that you brought that up those conversations are not meant to be shared. <laughs> well, we're sharing type of people here, Tammy, and we're selfless. And what was that? Not self-absorbed, as our Lord Jesus Christ teaches us. And yes, Tammy, I will do some measuring on the top and front of your head. Well, if you <laughs> have a measuring, one of those measuring tapes, I actually, I, do. I will measure around where my eyes are. And then I'll measure around the top of my head to see right, if that's Tammy, what stretches you know what? my glasses out. This is getting out of control. Out. You're an alien. I always thought so. I'm good with it. Love you to pieces. And here we go. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 1. And our Lord Jesus Christ entered into the ship, that same ship that we had back in uh, the last chapter. And he came over to his own city. And what he's talking about is our Lord Jesus Christ owns everything. And Everything is it will be his footstool as it's written in the scriptures. He will come claim his planet and his people. And he goes back to Capernaum. And Capernaum means a house of consolation. And verse 2. And behold, they brought him a man sick of palsy, lying in a bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the sick of the palsy. And palsy just means, like, they're all gimped out. Like, they, like they had an accident. <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> they, they had a broken leg. You can always say they well, had an illness. Well, you or... know, people get hurt, and then and the body's very uh, complex, and it, you know things happen. The flesh body gets sick and dies. It's guaranteed, and that's all there is to it. But uh, before fate, uh, you know, you can get injured. Yes, of course. And 
and you can get all hurt and people get sore backs. I have an aching back right now and this coach does nothing for my back. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Jesus Christ said, child is what should say, not son. It says, child, we're all children of God. Be of good cheer. Thy sins are forgiven thee. Jesus Christ saves the soul. He's trying to put emphasis on your eternal life because this flesh life is such a short little flash of time and the body flesh is temporary. And what this says here is your, you, your sins, you stand remitted, young man. And this is marking our Lord Jesus Christ's authority right there. Verse 3, And behold, certain of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemeth. And what a thing to say. That's pure disdain, and that's being irreverent, and that's one of the seven spirits of the Lord is reverence, and that's something none of us can ask for. We reverence our Lord Jesus Christ. We reverence our Father. And go back to Genesis 3.15 for a second. Where does this disdain come from? And this is like the first prophecy here. I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed Satan and her seed. There's the seed lines coming up there, the great thread that runs through the Bible that says where all this disdain and hatred that runs through planet Earth right now, the source of it is none other than the serpent himself, the old devil, Satan. And that thread, we're going to expand on this thread uh, of the parable of the tares, John 8, 44. You are of your father, the devil. Matthew 23, from verse 33 on, 1 John 3.11, Genesis 4.25, Ephesians 2.2, 2, 2, it just goes on and on and on throughout the Bible. That's a, a major thread. And the threads that run through the Bible are God's trademark stamp of validity. And the threads that run through the Bible make up the structural fabric of the key of David to unlock the scriptures for you. Isn't that just the greatest thing? Always use the Bible as your glossary within itself. Translate within the Bible. Go ahead, Tammy. Verse 4. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? That's true. What, how does Jesus Christ know what they're thinking? Because in Hebrews chapter 4, it says, He knows your thoughts and intents in real time. And it really expands on that in Psalms chapter uh, 139. You should read that on a side study. That the Lord Jesus Christ loves you. He will only accept your free will love. You can't fake it. There's no phonies allowed in heaven. Isn't that just the greatest thing? Verse 5, Tammy. <clears throat> For which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise and walk? And six. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. And he arose and departed to his house. He's there's our Lord Jesus Christ proving his authority, proving that he is God. He manifests a little lower than the angels for us, as it's written hundreds of years before in prophecy of the book of Isaiah, for example. Emmanuel, God with us. Our, our God walked with us. Verse 7, uh, verse 8. But then the multitude saw it. They marveled and glorified God, which had given such power unto men. Now, the man, Christ, that's who has the power. And he gave power of forgiveness. And he gave power of, you know, he has power over disease and even can fix your central nervous system. But, you know, this is such a short period of time. He's not going around doing sideshows here. He's proving his authority. He's proving who he is. Verse 9, Tammy. As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax office. 
And he said to him, follow me. So he arose and followed him. Now, just excuse me for a minute. I want to go back to verse 8. But when the multitude saw it, when they saw the man with the paralytic man get up and walk and carry his own bed, notice that the scribes and the Pharisees and the clergy of the time, they didn't marvel. No, they were angry. They're full of disdain and hatred towards God. And that's the same clergy we have today. Basically, if they don't teach God's word, then what are they teaching? And you have to ask yourself that. Wolves in sheep's clothing, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 13 to 15, really clears that up for you. They're disguised as <coughs> excuse me, workers, false apostles, deceitful workers, disguised as apostles of Christ. And no marvel, because here it says people marveled. Well, don't marvel at this fact, as it's written. Satan himself is disguised, transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, is no great thing if his ministers also be disguised as the ministers of righteousness and their end will be according to their works. If you want to have disdain for things that are written in the Bible, if you think, well, whatever you want to think about the Bible, you ask questions about the Bible, never question God's word, because when you question God's word, there you'll have it. You'll have those false apostles, deceitful workers, wolves in sheep's clothing, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ, the holy Joes, the holier-than-thou people. And we pray for all the people. We pray for every soul equally. We want everybody to come to repentance. And there we have Matthew being introduced into the Bible. <clears throat> now, isn't this just the greatest thing? Matthew's name is Levi. Okay, go to verse 10, Tammy. Okay. Now it happened, as Jesus sat at the table in the house, that, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. Now, in the King James, it's a little bit better. It says, and it came to pass, which is a very frequent uh, Hebrew figure of speech, which uh, that, that identifies that Matthew wrote this in Hebrew, and it got translated into Greek, but his Hebrew thought patterns are in here, and we see a lot of Hebrew figures of speech running through the book of Matthew itself. It is the Hebrew uh, <clears throat> gospel. And here's Jesus Christ. He's sitting down for a, for a chow here with his friends. Let's go ahead, Tammy 11. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? Now, there's a lot said here. First, the Pharisees think they're holier than thou, and they go around wearing dresses and uh, backwards collars, and that's the clergy, and you have to be careful, wolves in sheep clothing, Jesus Christ warned us. And why are they following him around? Just to point fingers at him, and that's what Satan did to God. He's just trying to slander our Lord Jesus Christ, and that was slanders or Satan's death sentence. He slandered the Lord, and let me tell you something, slander, we learned about slander in chapter 5, that is unforgivable. You can't slander other people. You have to be very careful. Make amends right away. Be careful what you say. And here comes uh, these Pharisees, the clergy of the time. The scribes are falling around, calling them blasphemous. And here's the Pharisees. Go, Look at these guys. Look at this. He says he's God, and he's sitting there eating with all these people. And watch the brilliance of our Lord Jesus Christ. But when Jesus Christ heard that, he said unto them, they that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. He's talking about spiritually sick people here. He's not going around doing a, you know, a, a sideshow, just healing people of their physical um, diseases. He's 
he's spiritually healing these people because he doesn't want to be alone over there in heaven. He doesn't want to be uh, staying there by himself. He wants all to come to repentance. He wants your free will love. And our Lord will not mess around with free will. He says it has to come from the heart and that's all there is to it. Verse 13, but go ye and learn what that meaneth. I have mercy and not sacrifice for I'm not come to the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. I have mercy, not sacrifice. I want your love, not your lip service, not your fake sacrifices, not your blood ordinances. They're going to be nailed to the cross as soon as our Lord Jesus Christ fulfills prophecy when he lays down his life at the appointed time. But this is from Hosea 6.6. 6. Way back then, <clears throat> I want your love. I want your loving kindness. I don't want you to go around acting like Christian people, being fakes and phonies. I want, I want your love. Then came to him the disciples of John, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but thy disciples don't? And Jesus said unto them, Can the children of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken from them, and they shall fast. We are all preparing ourselves to be the bride of Christ. That's what's happening. We read about that in the book of Revelation. We just did the book of Revelation, and he's only going to take a virgin bride. And we're talking virgin spiritually. We're not being unfaithful to the Lord. We're submitting to him with unquestioned obedience because we have free will love. And so Jesus Christ saying, I'm right here right now. You don't have to uh, be doing fast. We have things to do. You know, let's eat. And the bridegroom's here. That's me. And I'm looking for a virgin bride to present to my father so we can get on with life. And that's spiritually speaking. Now, I know this is written in the Quran too, about 22 virgins. <clears throat> now, e e flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, period. You're in your spiritual body. So if the people in the Quran think, I'm going to be with 22 virgins, that's not what... <clears throat> Most people think a, a true Muslim person, a great person of that, of that, uh, it's a great book, actually, the Quran. That means they can be kicking around with 22 people that are faithful to their God, not unfaithful. It has nothing to do with sensual lust and the morally deprived thought patterns that, that society comes up with. This is spiritually speaking. We all praise the Lord. We can get on with our lives. And that's what Jesus Christ is saying. We can get on with our eternal lives. Because when you look at the scope of time, the affairs of time, infinity back to infinity forward, our little flesh life is barely a blip on the graph. So we have to make sure that we understand this is a testing period. We have to get rid of all the morally corrupt, ethically corrupt, socially corrupt, and spiritually corrupt things that we carry, that burn us up inside, that carry all the disdain and hate and anxieties and worries and fears. And look at the affairs of time. And Jesus Christ is down here in the, right now in the book of Matthew teaching us that there's something great waiting for us, a great reward, and we can explore the infinite intricities of God's creations for an eternity. And he keeps us very busy when we get on with these lives of ours. Okay, so go ahead, Tammy. We're on verse uh, 16. Oh, I love these two verses. This is greatest thing. Go ahead. No one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch pulls away from the garment, and the tear is made worse. Nor do they put new wine into old wineskins, or else the wineskins break, and the wine is spilled, 
and the new wineskins are ruined. But they put new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. Isn't this just the most brilliant way of teaching? Now, if you're a Christian person and you've ever gone up to somebody and and tried to get into a conversation with like another Christian that maybe not learned or has is just saturated with traditions of man uh, from the pulpit, like for example. I talked to some Christians and they said, well, the earth is 6,000 years old, the Bible stands like that. And then you try to put some truth into them or some truth into an atheist. And what happens? They're like an old garment. They won't take the new vesture of our Lord Jesus Christ, the new garment. And they pucker up and they explode. They pucker up like a new patch on clothes and they explode like putting new wine into an old wineskin because the wine will keep fermenting and it'll explode it. People pucker up and explode all the time when religion is talked about. And isn't that just the greatest thing? Like, let's just say, like, you got a pair of Levi's that you've been rocking for, like, what, a few years? Yeah. And they get a hole in them. I know today it's cool to have holes in them. And you're cool, Tammy. But <laughs> <laughs> I think you're cool. But back in the 70s or 80s, you know, mommy would come along and, and put a patch on there. Now, if she used a new material and put a patch on your old material and threw them in the washer and dryer, they'd come out and be all puckered up. And that's what Jesus Christ is saying. People will get puckered up and explode when they hear the truth being taught. Just be gentle. Don't cast your pearls before swine. And, and just remember, just be gentle with people. And the truth will just flow like honey on the buds of their brain. And they'll just uh, be, hopefully accept this Holy Spirit into them and the love of Christ in their heart. But Jesus Christ teaches us, hey, expect this. When you put some truth into some people, oh, they're going to pucker up and explode. Verse 18, while he spake these certain things unto them, behold, there came a certain ruler and worshipped him, saying, "That's paid, he paid homage to him. He addressed the Lord Jesus Christ as who he is. My daughter he is even now dead, but come and lay thy hand upon her and she shall live. This is pure faith. And Jesus rose and followed him and so did his disciples. And behold, a woman, okay, stop there as he's uh, making this little side trip. A woman, which was diseased with an issue of blood 12 years, came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said, now blood don't forget, is your life force. And look at the biblical numerics here. 12 is governmental perfection. The life force of governmental perfection. Anyways, she, she wasn't feeling well for 12 years. For she said within herself, if I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. That is faith. But Jesus turned about, turned him about. Jesus turned around. And when he saw her, he said, daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. She was made whole, governmental perfection, her life force, her blood. She, she was ready to rock. Faith and works will get you into the kingdom of heaven if you follow God's instructions. But it takes faith. You can't, you can't take the Bible and read it with, what's a good word? Doubt. You can't go, well, this is written a long time ago, like I was taught, and this book's not meant to be understood. And if Jesus was around today, maybe they should rewrite the Bible for today. How many times have I heard that? Isn't that just blasphemy in itself? Because God's Word is, was, and always will be. God's Word is consistent. What, are we supposed to rewrite the Bible because, uh, according to mankind? Because mankind is bound by the perimeters of being human. 
That means mankind has an inconsistent thought pattern and unprincipled beliefs. Every year, society changes, waves one way, waves the other way to try and, you know, to try and adhere to any special interest that comes up. And look at the mess, the ungovernmental perfection of planet Earth today. It's not the number 12. It's the number 11 in biblical numerics that is uh, disorder. And the number 13 in biblical numerics is chaos. And planet Earth today is a side mess. The planet herself, Mother Earth, and the people. And we pray for all the people. And only Jesus Christ is going to come down and claim his planet and his people and rid that world of all these vain thought patterns. And this woman showed great faith unwavering faith. And Jesus came to the ruler's house and saw the minstrels and the people making noise. Now, the minstrels were usually people uh, paid to make noise and paid to throw themselves to the ground and throw dust on their head and because somebody's dying or is dead. And if it was somebody that, you know, could afford to pay more people, they would have this big scene going on. And I don't know, Tammy... That sounds like a good job to throw yourself to the ground and <laughs> that'd be a good side job. That would be so easy for you. <laughs> like you would get paid for something you already do for free. <laughs> so people making noise and throwing themselves to the ground. I don't know. Where can I sign up for that? <laughs> don't you do that when you go into Walmart? No, I, go the, I used to do that before work every day. <laughs> <laughs> and he said unto them, give place. Like, get out of my way, he said, for the maid is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed at him and they scorned him because they didn't have faith. They didn't, they didn't pay homage to the Lord Jesus Christ. They had no reverence to the Lord Jesus Christ. But when the people were put forth, he went in and took her by the hand and the maid arose and the fame hereof went abroad into the land, into all the land. Our Lord Jesus Christ gets it done. He is our shepherd. We shall not want another. He will take you by the hand. That's one of the most comforting gifts or uh, verses in the Bible. I have like my top 10 comforting verses. And one of them is in Isaiah 42. I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness and will hold thy hand. Oh, I can barely read that. Go ahead, Tim. Okay, I think we're at 27 here. Yeah. When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. Okay, go ahead, Tammy. I gotta collect my. And when here. he had come into the house, the blind man came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? Okay, so let's just as a. Try and collect myself. That's quite the verse, the comforting verse. Let's just read about why these guys called him the son of David. Well, they were scripturally, they were biblically literate. They knew scripture. You go back to 2 Samuel chapter 7, and you start around verse uh, 10 here, and read that, and you'll read like the son of David. Okay. I'm going to read a little bit of 2 Samuel chapter 7. Now, therefore, so shalt thou say unto my servant David, thus saith the Lord of hosts, I took thee from the sheep coat. I took thee from the barn, from following the sheep, from being a shepherd, to rule over my people, over Israel. You know, Jesus Christ didn't come as a shepherd. He came as a builder. But he, is the, he comes from this lineage where our father promised David. 
You're going to be a ruler over my people. I and I was with thee whither so thou wantest, and have cut off all thy enemies out of thy sight, and made thee a great name, like unto the name of a great man that are on the earth, giving credit to Father. Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel. This is not until the second advent. And I will plant them that they may dwell in a place of their own and move no more, neither shall the children of the wickedness afflict them any more as before time. That's one of the great comforting verses too. I should put that in my top 10. And, and as since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel and have caused thee to rest from all thy enemies, and also the Lord telleth thee that he will make thee a house that's a spiritual house, that's our spiritual house we go to, that's the Millennium Temple, and that's and that's uh, will eventually become the new Jerusalem, the eternal temple. And when thy days be fulfilled, thou shalt sleep with thy fathers. I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of thy bowels, and I will establish his kingdom. He's talking about the branch, the vine. He's talking about the tree of life. He's talking about none other than the Lord Jesus Christ comes from this posterity of David. David is the king and the king line comes through David. He shall build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Talking about none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. I will be his father and he shall be my son. If he commit iniquity, I'll chasten him with the rod of men and with the stripes of the children of men. But the Lord Jesus Christ, no guile, no malice, no corruption was found in him. And he was blameless. He will not compromise with evil. He will not compromise with sin. No sin penetrated him. He will not negotiate with evil. He did not make concessions with evil. He laid down his life at the appointed time to set up a kingdom of heaven for us because he loves you that will not accommodate evil. It will be a place of peace beyond our present comprehension. And thine house, but my mercy shall not depart away from, part away from him. Okay, let's just go back to uh, where we were. That's why these guys call him the son of David. They know this posterity, this seed line. They knew the Christ's line, the root of Jesse. Okay, go ahead, Tammy. Uh, they said to him, yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, according to your faith, let it be to you. And they had faith, and their eyes were open. And Jesus straightly said to them, See thou, no man know it. But they went, but they, when they were departed, spread abroad his fame in all the country. Yeah, they obeyed the Lord Jesus Christ. But when people said, hey, aren't those two blind guys sitting there reading the daily newspaper? And they would have went up to them and said, How are you guys sitting there reading Time magazine? You know, what would you have been reading, Tammy? Chatelaine. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> now, Tammy would have her face buried in her phone. Yeah, the Lord Jesus Christ gave them their sight back so they can see. They can see the light, and the light is the truth, and the truth is a great separating force between right and wrong, good and evil, and heaven and hell. And God forbid, don't end up on the wrong side of the truth. Okay, verse 32, Tammy, go ahead. As they went out, behold, they brought to him a man, Mute and demon-possessed. Okay, possessed with demons, devils, evil spirits. They are, the, they are the, uh, the rulers of the prince of the air right now. The devil wouldn't let him speak. And when the devil was cast out, our Lord Jesus Christ has power over devils, demons, evil spirits, and he gave us that power too in Luke chapter 10. You don't have to live with these things. The dumb spake, and the multitudes marveled, saying, I was... I was never so seen in Israel. But the Pharisees said, he casts out devils through the prince of the devils. Whoa, he called him the devil himself. 
says, isn't that just a horrible thing? What would you have said to the, the lead clergy? You would have said rude, right, Sam? Yeah, but you didn't say it right. Rude. Huh? Why do I hear that all the time? What do you well, say? That, <laughs> uh, that's something for you to ponder. Like when you have to ask yourself, you love your pastor, your preacher, whatever, the guy behind the pulpit wearing a dress or backwards collar. You know what? I really like those guys and we pray for them. But if they're not teaching you the Bible, what are they teaching you? You can go to church. I went to church for nine years as a kid and didn't learn one single verse. I remember sitting in the backseat of the old man's Christ of the Baron, 1979. And I was like, what did we learn in church that whole time? I turned to my brother and I'm going through my Bible and I'm like, I don't even know the first verse here because these guys are saying the earth is 6,000 years old and there's a church on every corner and we're supposed to give reverence to them because they call themselves reverend and that's one of the seven spirits of God. You never reverence another man. And then I go to school and I'm so, oh yeah, the earth is like a billion years old, hundreds of millions of years old, you know, walking around with dinosaur bones there in the, in the science class. I'm like, oh, this is a great way to send a kid off into the world. Adults are liars, and uh, what am I supposed to believe in? So get it straight. These Pharisees and Sadducees and uh, the lead clergy, if they're not teaching you the Bible, then just walk in there and ask for your money back and go find a remnant of truth. Go find a teacher that's teaching you the Bible. She can save your soul. There's a judgment starts at the pulpit. Preacher, you got the whole congregation hanging off every word. Teach God's word. Feed the sheep. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in the synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among his people. That who had faith, Jesus Christ wasn't hiding. He went into the synagogues. He was teaching and preaching. He wasn't holding revivals. He wasn't having bake sales. He wasn't having churchy stuff, church administration stuff. I'm going to set up a church here and it's going to make some money. He wasn't preaching about human endeavor, human merit, human experience. He was teaching God's word because he was God. He's our teacher, our master, our rabbi, our wonderful counselor. And we have to think about the seven spirits of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we learn about these in in the book of Isaiah, and they run through the Bible. It's a thread that's like a clothesline that ties the Bible all together. Our Lord Jesus Christ, these are the these are the things he personifies. The Holy Spirit is God's defined, distinguished character. It's sacred, it's physically pure, it's morally blameless. He personifies the spirit of wisdom, Proverbs 8. It's to be prudent in thoughts, in tents, in actions. Wisdom was there before the first atom was formed on the highest part of the dust of the earth. When the whole universe was a pulverized dust, wisdom was there. And wisdom looked down at us through our Father. It created every soul, every one of us. He loves us. He created us for His joy for his pleasure, for his glory. Are you pleasing to God? Don't question Father. He loves you. The spirit of understanding, that's the spirit of abstract thought, the power of perception and discernment. The spirit of counsel, to be able to give guidance and direction, instruction. That's why the Lord Jesus Christ is in the synagogues, in the churches. And we're supposed to be doing that together. We're supposed to uh, fellowship together and teach the Bible together to each other gently but firmly. The spirit of knowledge separating fact from fiction separates legitimate belief from opinion. Skills acquired by experience, observation, and education. A working knowledge of the Bible is knowledge and strength. We pray for these things from our Lord Jesus Christ to dwell within us. 
That's the mighty virtuous power, the source of continuous strength behind creation and perpetual sustenance of life. We give thanks to our Lord Jesus Christ. We can pray for those six spirits because we are mankind. But we can't pray for the spirit, the spirit of reverence, which belongs solely to the Lord. We are to regard our Heavenly Father with the deepest respect, in the highest esteem, and in admiration. admiration. And let's just finish up here, Tammy. I want to finish up 36, 37, 38. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered, like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. We are the laborers. Us together join the Companion Chapel Church. Come join the Companion Chapel community. Few remnants of truth are out there. Few people who have the key of David, who share it, who broadcast, magnify and glorify God's sacred word. That's what he's saying. People are faint. People are full of anxieties, worries, uncertainties today. And look at Jesus Christ said, I'm moved with compassion, but I'm giving you this word. And some people jump on it and you should too today, as it's written in the scriptures, drive it into you, be somebody, get God's word into you, and you will earn the right to hope. Faith without works is dead. Get the word of God into you. And isn't that just the greatest thing? Matthew chapter 9, Jesus Christ, our Savior, our Lord, he loves us to pieces. He's our teacher, our master, our rabbi, our wonderful counselor. He is our rock. He's our only stability. He became our Passover. We pass over the ways and things of the world. We don't worry about stuff. We know what's going on. It's bittersweet. Because we don't like seeing all this human suffering, but we have a guarantee. We know how to claim our inheritance in the kingdom of heaven. Well, do you want to do a little wrap up here, Tim? Well, I think you just did. And I just want to say to everybody, have a great day and God bless you all. God bless you all. If you could promote this podcast, share this podcast, get involved with this ministry, contact us at the Companion Chapel Gmail. It's companionchapel at gmail.com or come on out and be part of the Companion Chapel community. It's located at number 338 side road 28 slash 29 Paisley, Ontario, Canada. And you'll know that we're around when you see Tammy's little poop box car what is that hyundai volster veloster hyundai veloster and it's not a poop box don't call it that or you can walk <laughs> well well i guess i'll be walking because i have a white cadillac escalade parked in the front field with two flat tires and it doesn't start so if you see that <laughs> if you see that truck you know i'm hoofing it around give a guy a ride hey listen i want to thank you very much for listening have yourself the greatest day and bye for now